There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to our final Truth and Movies Can podcast special. I'm here with Adam Woodward. Hello. Live from the Quisette, yep. where we have been uh, watching films avidly for the last 10 days. Roughly about, what's your average films per day, do you reckon? I think my, my final total will average out about three films a day, I think. Yeah. Which is a pretty good haul. When we go home tomorrow, I'm going to have clocked in about 33 films. Right. Which is, I think, just over three films a day. But it's one of those things where it's impossible to see everything that you want to see or everything that's on offer, but managed to tick off pretty much all the competition films. I mean, you always want to see more, but yeah. sometimes you just have to take time out to record a podcast. Exactly. So, you know, here we are. We're doing it for you, listeners. Exactly. So um, this is our final one. We are heading back tomorrow, and uh, the um, only business left, really, is there are actually going to be a couple more films two of which we're actually not going to get to see. But one of the big things left to happen is when you read about Cannes and you hear people talking about the films, they describe them as being competition films. And that is because, famously, the Cannes has a competition and these films are vying for the top prize, which is the Palme d'Or. Um, generally, the Palme d'Or goes to the most important film. Maybe, do you, do you think it goes to the film that has the kind of, is a kind of the best all-rounder? I think so, and, and possibly the one which is not necessarily the safest bet, but one which the jury can agree on on, on, on kind of more obvious points. Something right. that's maybe not so divisive, not so challenging, something which is like, ticks a lot of the boxes for, you know, what is it actually this year, a fairly diverse jury as well. And one of the things it's worth noting, actually, is that it's almost impossible to predict which way they're going to go. It's rare that the film that is the kind of critical darling mm. is the one that, that ends up winning out. The jury themselves, it's hard to actually get your heads around this, but the jury themselves are quite confined and, and away from the, the, the press corps as there's this conversation going on outside and these you know papers running grids of all the critics giving each film a star rating and aggregating them. Mm. So you, you get a very kind of obvious list of this is the best film because the most most people liked it and this is the worst film because most people didn't like it the jury themselves don't appear to engage with that side of the the conversation so you usually get quite a unique set of winners every year so what we're going to do is both of us have picked what we feel are the films that are going to pick up prizes not necessarily the films that we 
we would like to see pick up prizes, but th- these are just educated guesses at what might triumph on Saturday. So we're going to go through the, the, the main categories. Uh, actor, actress, screenplay, director, Grand Prix and Palm. There is a lower kind of jury prize, which we're not going to do just because we haven't seen the full competition and so we, j- we just want to stick to the main categories. So what are your thoughts for a- Best Actor this year? Best Actor, I'm slightly undecided on. I'm going to go for Vincent Landon, mm-hmm. who is in Stefan Brise's film At War. The only thing I guess that may count against him this year is the fact that he won this prize a couple of years ago with the same director. Um, but yeah, he just I think his performance in the film is, is very good and it's quite a kind of obvious, uh, very awards-worthy performance in that it's, the whole film just hinges around him, basically. It's a film about a kind of industrial dispute in France, so it's very kind of hot-button in that sense. And I think it will play well to the crowd and to the jury and... Yeah, it just seems like, again, maybe not the most obvious choice, but it could be one that they're maybe a bit split on, so they give it to something which is, yeah, a fairly safe, easy choice, maybe. I think that there's a film that we saw this morning called Dogman Mm. by the director Matteo Garoni. It's set in a kind of Italian coastal town uh, that's kind of overrun by kind of petty gangsters, and there's this sort of... uh, the the dogman of the title is a kind of shy weedy little little uh, dog groomer mm. who is kind of beloved by the community but he gets bullied by this gangster and it's kind of the story of how he gradually starts to stand up to him the character of Marcelo is played by Marcelo Fonte mm. and it's quite an empathetic portrait of, of a weed mm. really of someone who's trying to just be nice and happy with people but is kind of overwhelmed by the violence in the world. Yeah, uh, I didn't think the film necessarily worked overall. It was very kind of obviously allegorical about Italian society and the idea of gangsterism in politics and mm. and people not being able to sort of fight back because they just don't have the power. Similar um, thing with with that war, really, and and London. Yeah. It's a diff- very different kind of bully, but he's standing up to the man. He's standing up to this big corporate entity which is threatening his livelihood. Literally uh, underdog. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's some common there's a commonality there. So I think yeah the, the the male underdogs I think have got it sewn up this year. Yeah. So we're going to go on to uh, best actress. I would give this, and I'd be very surprised if this doesn't go to Zhao Tao in Zha Zhang Ke's Ashes Purest White. One of the strongest films in competition in what's been a pretty stonking year for Asian cinema as well. Very good number of films from Asian directors this year in competition and in the various sidebars as well. And I think her, they're married, I think, and, mm-hmm. and she's in all of his films. Uh, but I think this is her best performance. I mean, yeah, this, this film is a kind of sweeping melodrama, takes place across sort of modern China. Mm. A, a Turn place. of the 21st century, yeah. up, basically up until the present up day. Up to the present day. And um, it's less a performance and more of a kind of presence. Mm. She does all these incredible things and it's about her kind of fight to win this guy back who kind of spurns a sort of spurned lover who she does time for and yeah she is just this kind of transcendental presence in the film and like her performance is just so kind of she's just so in the world of the film it just you you, you just forget that she's acting most of the time it's weird because I think she doesn't really do much acting outside of mm. the work other other films of Zhai Zhang Ke and you kind of suspect that she would be this huge worldwide star but yeah. she kind of you know, we, we don't get her often, but when we do, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. So 
yeah, Zhao Tao for Ashes Pure is White on that one. So we're going to shift on now to screenplay. Thoughts? Uh, this might be a bit of a, 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 random, a random guess or a bit of a stab in the dark, but I think Alice Rorwak is happy as Lazaro could be in with a shout here. Yeah, this very unusual film. It's kind of lots of magical realism, but again, it's set in uh, rural Italy. And yeah, it just follows this story of a sort of enigmatic, very benign young man who's a, who's a farmhand. I think we've, we've kind of discussed the film a bit, a bit in detail before, but yeah, it's quite an interesting, quite an original idea, I think, and a very well executed screenplay. Yeah, I have gone for uh, the, the film. Well, actually, I've, I've sort of split it over two films. Actually, no, I've, I'm going I'm to put all my chips on one film. So I'm going to say the screenplay will go to the film Sorry Angel by Christophe Honoré, which was um, a sort of French offering from early on in, uh, in the festival, set in the 90s. It's about a gay writer who is still kind of trying to cultivate his love life, but is um, in the sort of early stages of, of AIDS. And, uh, and it's just kind of like pondering how he's going to live out the rest of his life and how love is going to sort of figure into that. And uh, Christophe Honoré, who's written the script, is just, it's just a very kind of dense and sprawling and you know, sometimes quite indulgent, but in a kind of very enjoyable way. It was very personal, very intimate as well. Exactly, yeah. There, there, there does feel an element of, like, potentially biography in there or something, but you just get the feeling that Honoré himself is very worldly, very well-written, very mm. lots, watched lots of movies, very literate, and but it's still, you know, he still manages to create a kind of emotional atmosphere. So, yeah, I think that one could very well uh, romp home. So we're going to shift. We're going to go straight on now to um, the best director category. Yes, I would give this, and I think it will go to Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Ah. I just got a feeling that he'll win an award this year. I'm not sure that it would win. So Cannes has this funny awards strategy or, or criteria where if something wins one award, it can't win another, basically. Yeah. And I don't think there's another category where it would obviously win something. Um, I don't think it would win the Palm. And yeah, this is like, as one of the major prizes. I think it's won, you know, he's not been in the festival for 20 years or something, 24 years. And yeah, I think he's probably long overdue. I mean, it's a very enjoyable film to the point where you kind of think, would winning the Palm d'Or at Cannes mm. really yeah. be of any value to it? Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, there is this idea that you win the Palm and then this a film then gets a kind of, a lease of life. Mm. Yeah, if nothing else, I think it would be uh, a nice gesture to, to reward Spike Lee this year. Um, and, and I think the film feels like one of the most complete, uh, one of the strongest artist statements that's been in the festival this year. Well, the film I'm going to go for for director is um, Harukazu Koryeda's Shoplifters, um, which has been quite a beloved film by a lot of critics. Um, certainly one of the most enjoyable films to play in the festival. It's a story of a family of shoplifters. They're also a kind of, they're a family in the loosest sense and they're not actually blood relations but they have come together to form this unit potentially because their actual families, they've had issues with, with, with their actual families. So the direction of the film is just very crisp and clear and almost invisible. He, he builds this film so you're completely immersed in the drama and the comedy and you don't necessarily see the joins between mm. the scenes, and you sit, you don't you don't notice the shots or the angles or the, the the choreography that he's using. It's all very very seamless and invisible. And I think that 
you know, sometimes it's great to have these like beautiful, you know, beautiful, you know, artistic painterly movies, but this one isn't one of them. And I think that he he should maybe should be rewarded for his work behind the camera. Yeah, I think sooner you, or later, you, you always you always feel very uh, comfortable and confident in his hands. I think he's he's someone who's like says very unshowy direction, but. Um, just a beautifully realised story, and uh, and and you know, there's the camera work. Uh, you know, there's this sort of visual element of it, but there's also his work with the actors. And it's, I think, if there was a best ensemble in this festival, Shoplifters would probably be in with a shout for it. So, moving swiftly on, we're going to go f- now for the uh, Grand Prix, which is the second place essentially. Just a reminder that you know, sometimes when a jury can't decide on unanimous winner. They'll sometimes have to pick what their all their favourite third place film or fourth place film is. So you know, potentially explaining why in the past some of the the selections for prizes have been a little bit eccentric and and mad. But um, what are your thoughts for the the Grand Prix? Well, it's interesting. I think with Kate Blanchett heading up the jury this year, she seems to me to be someone who's very rigorous, and obviously she makes a lot of different kinds of movies and she'll switch gears between doing like a a Marvel movie and then something more experimental and I think if she gets her way she may well award the top prize to Lee Chang Dong's Burning Uh, but I suspect it may well end up getting the Grand Prix instead just a hunch but it's probably my favourite film at the festival this year Um, What is the film? The film is from the Korean director Lee Chang Dong it's his first film in eight years and it's this very slow burn kind of meditative drama Based on a, on a short story by Murakami. Yeah, I think quite loosely based on, mm-hmm. a, on a Murakami uh, a short story. But yeah, it's about this Korean man who, who basically meets a, a girl and they have a brief sort of fling and then she disappears and it's effectively the story of him, you know, finding out what happens to her um, or whether he does find out or not, you know, it's, that's kind of the great non-reveal of the film but it's this kind of cerebral crime movie yeah and it, and it unfolds and there's this you know there's mystery and this kind of thriller elements to it and yeah it's just like the, the most amazingly paced and pitched movie I think I think yeah I agree I thought this film was pretty phenomenal and if it wins either the Grand Prix or the, or the Palm I'd be very very happy it's one of those films where you talk about it afterwards and then you realise that every single shot has a kind of relevance and that there's some little bit of information there that kind of tips the scales on the meaning or what he sees or what he knows or what characters think and or what they interpret with each other. It's just like amazingly impressive. And yeah, there, there was a tweet recently saying that uh, Li Chang Dong in his eight year sort of absence had written two full screenplays which he trashed because mm. he didn't think they had to be movies. So, you know, he's, he's one rigorous dude, you know. It, it feels, watching the film, I came away feeling like I just watched a novel. Yeah. If that makes sense. And that sounds like I'm, I'm damning it with faint praise maybe, but it just in terms of the, the breadth of the storytelling and the scope of it, and you get so much detail and information, and it's, it's just a smidge over two hours, but packs so much in. The hero is, is, a, is a very literary hero. Yeah. So almost an anti-hero, I think, but... I agree, I think this is one of the, the best competition films. I agree with you on that for the Grand Prix, but I'm going to go in and tell you what I would give to, what I think is going to get the palm. And it's one that you've already given a prize to, so I don't think you can give another one. But it's the film Happy as Lazaro by Alice Rohrwacker. I found this film really impressive. It's this story of a kind of idiot savant in a, what looks like a kind of 
50s or 60s Italian community and um, they're essentially like sharecropper slaves mm. working for a evil female tobacco baron and uh, <laughs> they get liberated they get basically. liberated but liberated in inverted commas mm. I think and you see most you view most of the film from the character Lazaro's point of view he's got this very he's almost this kind of Pinocchio figure um, it's got it, a very innocent worldview. It's a very Italian film. It references neorealism and Fellini and silent comedy, and it's got this these kind of Pasolini fantasy elements, and how you know it's got it, it's got this beautiful way that it films people's faces, and I think it's a big step up from her previous film, The Wonders, and it feels like the full package. I, there's something there's something missing from it for me. It seems to be saying a lot, but nothing that really impacted me in an emotional way. But as a sort of, as a piece of craft, I thought it was really immaculate. And, um, you know, I think that the palm for a film like this would, would do it a great amount of good. Because it's, again, it's also quite a long film. It's, it's over two hours, so it's a, it's a kind of epic as well. Mm. So people are going to need a reason to want to invest in this film. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it feels like a good moment as well for this director and this film to be awarded a prize like that. Um, but my pick would be a film we saw earlier on in the festival, which is uh, Pavel Pavlikovsky's Cold War, which a lot of people seem to like. I think it's screened quite early on, which sometimes maybe counts against films when they're in the running. But it's something that I kind of earmarked early on as being a potential palm contender, and I think I'm going to stick to my guns with that one. And it's just very quite a sort of straightforward love story, really lean runtime. I think it's like 83 minutes really kind of compact and there's no there's not like an inch of fat on it beautifully composed amazing like monochrome cinematography really good performances um, yeah I think again I think it's the complete package it's an interesting one it's been a festival of long movies mm. uh, this one feels like it could have been a long movie but it's actually a really short movie <laughs> so well yeah the, the run the runtime really belies the the richness and the detail of the film, I think, and the impact of it. It's definitely one... I think at this point in the festival, you're starting to, you know, go back over what you've seen and whittle out the ones that maybe weren't, weren't so good and haven't really stayed with you. And, and this was definitely one that's lingered. And same with um, Happy as Lazara. I think I'll be thinking about them both for a long time after this. So we'll caveat this, this discussion by saying that there are still four more films to see in the, in the competition two of which we're going to get to see before we jet off. Actually, three of which we're going to get to see. Um, and it'll probably be the, the last one. And it'll probably wins. be the last, l the last one that wins it. So, you know, if it does, then take all this with a pinch of salt. But thanks so much again for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed our coverage from Cannes. And hopefully we'll join you again at another film festival, bringing you uh, news reviews, goss from all the, uh, the big new releases that are kind of coming to the world through these amazing events. How's it been for you? It's been great. As, as I said, I've been coming to Cannes since I like, think 2011 and everyone was complaining and, and whinging beforehand about the lack of really big, high-profile names. But I think the quality of the main competition has been second to none in, in, the, in the many years I've been coming. So. Same here. I'm going to wait until the bitter end before I say it's been my favourite Cannes, but mm. it's definitely been one of the best. I mean, I, I can't recall seeing so many great films. but So, yeah, a lot to be excited for. Thanks to everyone who got in touch via Twitter and email with your comments, um, saying that you're enjoying what we've been doing out here. So, um, yeah, thanks and see you next time. We'll be back on to regular service from next week um, with James and the gang. But this has been a 7 Digital production.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.